passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Warning. The following is another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. To those listening at home, on the road, or in the air, quick question for you. Do you believe? Believe. Okay, the room tone have been received. Time for a little sound. Checky, check, check. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, Ben Lion sleeps tonight. Okay, sound sounds pretty good to us. Here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. back, baby. It's a charity straw. Pitch your free throws because they freeze. Sold 147 coming out at you guys than sold 146. And I am flanked on my right by defensive coordinator Alex Toss Me the Rock to Sopolis. Unfortunately, Nikki Snacks Kreider cannot be here today. He's got a tummy ache. You know, Nick went out to an all-you-can-eat Brazilian steakhouse last night and really, we told him, like, Nick, we gotta record tomorrow. It's a big day. And he goes, no, 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 dude, don't worry. I'm going to try to set the record at this place for they, the amount of meat eaten. And he, They give you these these cards, and they're green on one side and red on the up, other. Yeah. And so you, so you put the chow, right. to be specific. Yeah. Right. You flip the red side when you don't want any more meat. Or else, if you have the green side up, they will keep bringing you meat. And Nick went green the entire time. And Nick is very – I'll say this about Nick. He is very anti-hunger. Like, a lot of other people left food on their plates, not Nick. 
he didn't want to waste a single drop of food, which I respect, and that's a very nice thing to do at the same time. that really, You can't be doing that for yourself. So he's very ill at home. He's got a stomach ache, too much protein, too much meat, too much fun at Foca de Chao. Though Nikki Snacks Kreider could not be here today, APU, we were recording on Wednesday, so that means we have a guest joining us in the house. You've seen him on E! Extra, ESPN. He's got his own podcast, The Lion's Den, which is one of the coolest podcast names. You kind of walked right in there for that one. This guy is all over. He's been on the Oscars interviewing people. He's on Good Morning America. He's really stretched the globe, interviewed some of the coolest people. Great interviews. You got to go check out his podcast. Again, The Lion's Den. We welcome to the charity stripe. Ben Lyons. What's up? Thanks What's so up? much for having me. It's like I've been uh, transported back into my college dorm room here. This is this, uh, <laughs> that is that's the best trip. compliment it's you couldn't have given. Gonna, that I'm was a, honestly, you know, like most people that would hurt their feelings, but for me, this is like that was like as good as it gets. I mean, you got like Big Ten flags everywhere. everywhere. Some of them are are so old that they're probably <laughs> culturally offensive. Yeah, have, yeah, uh, yeah. Iconic, yeah. iconic athletes from Ali to to Pedro and Nolan Ryan bleeding. It's yeah, just, this is an ill setup, guys. Thanks Thank you. You got me. the John Smoltz. I know. Are you an, are you a Mets fan or a Yankees yeah, fan? I, I I joke and say I grew I grew up rooting for food and shelter. My father, even though he's from New York City, is a diehard lifelong Boston Red Sox fan. Let's go. It's gonna say uh, cause of death Boston Red Sox on his tombstone one day. He his best friend in the world's joke is Dick Leone. <laughs> Shout out to my dad who lives the real fan life and invented it. So I, I grew up just the Red Sox were such a thing in our house. Um, and I went through my phases of the Bash Brothers and Frank Thomas White Sox and mm-hmm. then kind of fell out of love with baseball a little bit and then came out here to L.A., saw the palm trees and Chavez Ravine, and I was like all in on the Dodgers. So that's the history of my baseball fandom. The that's a great history of baseball fandom. And you bring up the, uh, the fan. You run on, on Players' Tribune. Yeah. You run your own like, thing well, in the players' I, I, I got, I, I got totally to, forgot I, that in the intro. I got to work the with the them. Coolest yeah, things. like at the launch of that company. And I remember the launch event in New York. We're doing a show. I'm, I'm with CC Sabathia and Jeter, and everyone's excited. It's the launch of the company. It enrolls my dad with a Red Sox hat, Red Sox watch, Red Sox Blackberry on his belt, and just shoves it right in Jeter's face. And Jeter's like, Who is that? Oh, this is my dad. You're going to get to know him. And sure enough, every time there was a Players' Tribune event, he always wore his Red Sox tie. He's a 74 year old man. Like, <laughs> So you, he, he goes hard. Me and your dad, I think, need to get a beer because I went to opening day Dodgers game this past year. Sea of blue. You cannot – there's no one literally not wearing blue or white except one person who stands wearing all red, dude. All <laughs> red you, right yeah, after dude, the World that's Series. That's my team, bro. And it was the last – the first. it was the last sporting event I had gone to. I just had, hadn't got to get to go to any – Basketball, you just stayed games. at Dodger Stadium from I, the end of the World game Series five, to opening day. Game five, just like, in the bowels of the stadium, <laughs> yeah, just sleeping there. In January. I've, been, yeah. I've been doing grocery runs for the last <laughs> four <laughs> months, feeding like, and throwing it yeah. over the fence. It's ridiculous. Um, um, my dad rocks full Red Sox gear when we go to like a Knicks Bucks game. Like, I, I, he's like, "Oh, we're going to the Garden. Hold on, let me get my." Red Sox sweatshirt. Let me just be that what? guy and yeah. rub it in everything. Just in case I see Spike and he yeah, just, just wants to like, stunt on Spike. How big? I've, I've seen CC <laughs> Sabathia live. How massive of a human he's being. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. And I'm, I'm excited for his post-playing career whenever that comes. I feel like it... it it feels like it's going to come every year, and it just doesn't. Like he's still this playing. Guy, yeah, is he going to Bartolo Colon it? Like, him and Ryan almost. on the podcast, and he's going to be on, you know, MLB or Fox or ESPN. Like he's going to be a media guy, and I just think he's a cool dude. So I'm excited for him to hang it up, but I'm also stoked that he's still pitching. He's he's a good speaker, and he's pretty funny, honestly. Big I Raiders think, fan. Yeah, I think he's not. I don't know if he's like Shaq and 
Charles personality, <laughs> but baseball does need that. Everyone is very. I love baseball analysts, but I'm a baseball nerd. So people who are not accustomed to like the stats and the numbers, like A Rod and guys like that, are not funny. And like where Shaq and Charles are just clowns. The best voice, the get best voices on baseball coverage across the board. Baseball, best voices in baseball coverage. Nick Swisher, dude oh, rocks. He's great. Dude rips. And Adnan Verk on the zone. Adnan just got that gig yeah. with uh, Scott Rodowski doing that. So I like Millar. Millar's great. I don't um, think I don't Pedro's think I, really good too. He's kind of got like a funny attitude and like goofy, like zany kind of vibe, you know. So, yeah, you're right. The game's always needed more personality. I always joke now and say that baseball is a lot like Game of Thrones. It's white dudes with beards, and I don't know who they are. (laughs) Hey, there's this middle reliever from Pittsburgh who looks like he's down with the White Walkers on some (laughs) shit. I don't don't watch that shit. Charlie Blackman on the the Rockies is literally – He's literally like from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, his beard is unreal. I don't know. Baseball is – it's still the most fun – Thing in the summertime to go do with your buddies and go catch a beer and just you know just chill out at the baseball game. But yeah, it's Throwing just culturally, lift. it's gotta it's gotta get some some personality behind it. It's and I think it comes like merchandising, honestly. And we're gonna get into what we do usually on the show is you do four down territory. But this has been a great intro in and the 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 sport that has the best merchandising and on the biggest rise right now is the NBA, and that is your favorite sport, if I'm correct. Despite being a Knicks fan, yes, uh, the NBA is is my thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, the NBA. Like, I was just down in Australia in uh, the end of November, and it's become a fashion item to wear jerseys down there. Not yeah. like the way in the mid-2000s, the throwbacks of – you know, hip hop culture here in the States, but it just felt like a more of even like a high fashion thing down there. Mm-hmm. Super hipster kids. And yeah, it was really cool to see in Australia walking down the street, somebody wearing like a Langston Galloway jersey. <laughs> that's the most, that's the most cuts. Andrew Bogut jerseys you'll yeah. see. Well, in the world. Bogut, I, I got a Sydney Kings jersey when I was down there because at the time he was playing for them, they gave him, I think, 10% of the team. And I think it's really cool that he was able to go down there, stay in shape, play for them, and then pick up for the Warriors for yeah, like a kind of playoff right. run. Yeah, he, I think I think more guys are gonna start doing that. I mean, yeah, talk about widespread, you know, global takeover. I mean, they've literally had a first overall pick come out of Australia. Yeah, and they're yeah, gonna have the one, uh, one, and Kyrie technically too, kind of. He's got yeah. Australian roots, but yeah, they yeah. uh they're gonna have NBA games over there in September, like exhibition games for love the first that. time. So I, I, I love shout out to Lee Ellis, all the all the you know Aussies who uh, who love hoops down there, and uh, there's a lot of like Aussie love for sure for yeah. basketball. Simmons too, you know. Della Dova, Simmons Della Dova, Patty, Mills. Dova, Patty yeah. Mills, Patty yeah. Mills, a yeah. bunch. Joe Ingles, shout out to ISO Joe <laughs> for the team in law. So, you repping for the team in law out here. Uh, you got uh, these great hats, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. I would love to give you one, but I'm too attached on the way, on the way out. Uh, so first down, we bring up the Knicks. I'm just going to kick it off with the Knicks right here. Is this the time that the New York Knicks get the rebuild right, in your opinion? Man, it's happening, right? It's happening. Every this is step like feels it. good. It, it, but the Knicks fan in me won't believe it till I see it. I just want the Zion experience. Like They mm-hmm. have not had a top three draft pick since 1985. Porzingis was the fourth pick, and that little crying kid, you know, was booing him, right? Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a pick that everyone's been, just been universally on board with and excited for, really, since I was four years old. Dude, so I, I can't even remember. What I next. mean, the laundry list of Schmendrakes and years they had three first-round picks in the 20s and just nothing amounted from it. So I just want the whole Zion experience. If KD comes, that's amazing. I think he's the best player in the world. Kyrie comes, Amazing. I just want the Zion. I want the hat. I want the appearance on Colbert. I want the Times Square. I want the ring, the stock exchange, like the whole thing. So uh, that's. I mean, it would be awesome. That may be what they need because 
We've seen it. So we I've never seen a franchise go through every stage of disaster. We've seen like the the Blazers kind of get hindered in the past by injuries when Roy when Brandon Roy went down. We've seen the Kings, you know, draft terribly. We've seen the Nets trade terribly. The Knicks are the only team that have just managed to do all three. This is compounding from Allen Houston after up, mistakes dude. Yeah. mistakes since the year two thousand. It's just been really disgraceful. I mean. I remember being at a Super Bowl party in Oakland when it was, you know, out there. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking to Steve Novak and we were just like talking about the, how the Knicks were just a mess. And I was like, can you believe they traded a first round pick for Andrea Bargnani? He's like, dude, they traded me and a first round pick for Andrea Bargnani. Was- <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I forgot. We know that. And that, that killed Melo's prime. That killed Porzingis in the year 2016. They didn't have a first-round pick because of the ghost of Bargnani. So, like, every move they've made is they amnestied Chauncey instead of Amari. They got Meta World Peace when he was 38 instead of when he was 22. Like, the, the, I mean, the Eddie Curry trade was just for me. $60 yeah, was million like for Eddie Curry and, and just – And then drafting Jordan Hill, Gal, and then trading In the Gal. year 2013 – when Melo won the scoring title and was third in the MVP voting, they yeah. won 54 games and were the second seed in the East with the oldest team in the history of the sport. Rasheed Wallace in 2013 was starting games <laughs> for them. Crazy. They had Jason Kidd. The year before that, they had Mike Bibby. They had – in 2013, they started games with Marcus Camby and Kurt Thomas. They had the best 2005 team ever in 2013. <laughs> That's like, hilarious. It's just they were like so eight mixed. years too late. I mean, from Catino Mobley to Francis to McGrady to Matumbo. It's like, like – They've literally so – Everyone's – Penny Hardaway. Like, there's so many ill dudes. Everyone's I'm like, I'm looking at this – Who have played 20, for the Knicks at the wrong time. I'm looking at this 2012 team. They're so old. 2012, 2013 Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a Prigioni's, young – Prigioni's a rookie. 35-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Tyson Chandler, Amari's the third highest, fourth highest paid player in the league, and he's averaging like eleven and five. Like it's just, you know, people shit on Melo, and Melo, his history will 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 look, you know, you look back in history and you'd be like, ah, he missed the playoffs those last four years. He he won seven total playoff oh, games. Dude. He didn't really do it. But go back and watch the Easter game against the Bulls. Go back and watch those games against the Heat. I the mean, he cool. played out of his face in that roster. Go back and look at it, and you'll be like, okay, maybe I'll give this guy a little bit of a pass. No, I mean, dude, it's, it was like the three of us coming off the bench. <laughs> you know, I mean, that fucking team. You know, dude. there are certain guys in the league like Marcelo Huertas and Alex Caruso and Jared Dudley that I'm convinced that if I did yoga for six weeks, I'd be in a good spot where, I don't know, I think I, think I could make a 10-day over those dudes. Straight up. If Over you were course. shooting 200 threes a day, just Straight like up. in the gym shooting, I doing challenged yoga. Ryan Hollins to a free throw contest the other day, and I think he chickened out. I said for 100 free throws, I could beat Ryan Hollins. <laughs> He's a big man, too. I'm just saying. He's a big boy. I think I could. Damn, but I, I think the Zion thing is I'm just, I am such a firm believer. You can go to any team in the NBA across the annals, and they've won via the draft, <laughs> except for the Miami Heat. And even then, I would kind of cheat and say they won via the draft because had they not drafted Dwayne Wade, those guys would have never come there. You need to use utilize the draft. And the Knicks, I, I think finally getting Dennis Smith Jr. was a great deal, even though they should have drafted, drafted him, him in, in the first place. place. That's so <laughs> yeah. extra Knicks, right? It's extra like, Knicks. But it's so funny. It's so extra. They got a coach who people love. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, he's they good. They have um, – They've got cap space. They got no bad contracts. That's murdered the second round. They got more picks than Mitchell Robinson. To. He's fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of hope. There's for me, for hope. me, it's like 
Zion, I'm so excited about that. But it's it's the space that they have to maneuver the rest of the team and the young guys that they have that are really promising. I mean, Kevin Knox, we were we were raving about him when they picked yeah, him. Yeah, he's so young. He's like 18, 19. You so know? I love this. So Jaron Jackson is drafted by the Grizzlies fourth. And you yeah. see I'm rocking the Rock the Vote pin. I'm very passionate about young people voting. Jaron Jackson comes up on that NBA stage. He opens his draft day suit on the inside lining. It says Rock the Vote everywhere. An inspiring yeah. moment. Three draft picks later, the New York Knicks select Kevin Knox. He gets on that stage, opens that jacket, Fortnite. I'm like, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Wow. That's nice. hilarious. Jaron Jackson, he, he's a baller. He's dope. Jaron Jackson's great. awesome. That yeah. He is a, he's a man. So is Kevin Knox, and it's crazy. He's, what, 19 years old? Like, Yeah, he's super young, dude. My life in New York at 19 was so different than his. <laughs> my, my life in New York at 19, I was like using my <laughs> fake ID at like, all-you-can-eat sushi places and like stuffing my pockets in carrying beer out that was my life in new york i remember (laughs) once being in a club on park avenue south called tonda and just cursing out clarence weatherspoon for sucking (laughs) being like you're the worst get your life together you're terrible get get in his face brutal that's that's hilarious no i mean i'd rather i'd rather uh those players be advocating for fortnite than like going to the bars (laughs) illegally right i'm a mouse fan and luca's like on fortnite when he gets home every night from from the gamer (laughs) practice i'm like okay that's right that's fine keep he's not getting injured he's not at the kung fu he's not getting arrested yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah 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 he's not he's not doing anything crazy that's like jr smith like when he was like wait everyone's like why are you better in cleveland he's like because there's nothing he literally said there's nothing to do here I come home and like eat dinner, and like but I think Zion is a great fit. I think even RJ would be a good fit in New York because I think those guys have that mentality, that killer mentality that like Ewing had, and like the ringing, you know, the, the in the stock market, like ringing the bell. Like the, you go, it's you the culture. Don't have I just that. want the whole vibe. I just want the city to feel on fire again in the springtime. You know, bartenders lose money when the Knicks aren't popping. Think about that. Generations of like Upper West Side and Brooklyn and. Out in the Bronx, like restaurants and hotels and bars. And when ESPN comes and does like a, the jump from the garden, like all those people, it's just business. And it's just, ugh, it just, it breaks my heart that there's like generations of young people who just don't know what life is like in New York when the Knicks are popping. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it does break. I mean, ugh. I feel bad for my dad because like, it <laughs> skipped. My grandfather's Boston. Right. My dad's New York. And you're a Celtics fan. And I'm all Boston Patriots, too, to like the end. So thing. much winning. So it's much winning. And he's got Jets, Knicks, and Mets. And I have to yeah. watch. I, like, it's, you but have to the watch. The one we get, if the Knicks ever, and I, I can't say we, but if the Knicks ever get it, I, that's all I want is just one. You know, I saw with my dad. Now he has four with your Red Sox, and he's spoiled. He's like, oh, it should have been a sweep. I'm like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> really? I remember subway cars chanting "Lions sucks" when I was a kid. When they would see you wearing your Red Sox hat, now you're upset because it wasn't a sweep. Like I don't yeah, want to yeah. ever be that jaded. So I, I think I see one of all the teams I've ever rooted for. The Longhorns is like I just hook them, hook them, man. I had a chance to go to a game like two years ago. Um, what an awesome experience! Like oh my yeah. god, crazy dude. Oh my god, they beat up Texas something else. That was crap. I forget who it was. You know what, you know what year it was? It was like two years ago. It was 2016. Uh, we were hammered in the stands. It's, yo, I didn't know that they serve alcohol there. That's crazy. I think that was the first year. It was a big deal. What? I mean, that's different than anything I mean, we were ever. hammered in the stands either way. But That's wild. <laughs> but yeah, like... Texas is a great place. And that, that football program, I'm so happy they're back. So happy. It's awesome. It's, a, it's like the same thing, dude. Like the same thing in Austin. A generation. Because that's their team. 
you you grew up in Austin, your team is the Longhorns. Like you grew up in New York, your team is like the Knicks. Like that's your team. The whole generation is missing like what that is. It's just like hearsay of like oh five. If I see the oh five clip play again, like how many like how much time can we see like you? Yeah, Ewing? but hold on, Emmanuel Acho played in a national title game. Like let's not. Even though you guys didn't win it, like Colt yeah, McCoy's yeah, a baller. Like yeah. those teams. That's are ten good. years ago. Yeah. That's 09. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So, That's all right. 09. We're talking like 40s, though. This is 45 years for the Knicks. The Knicks are getting in that, like, yeah. the Rangers, when the Rangers won in 94. Like, they're on that. In all, now the Cubs are off the board and the Red Sox are off the board. What are, like, the last franchises in sports? It's like them and the Maple Leafs and the Indians. Maple dude. Leafs in Toronto, for sure. I saw. I think I retweeted something that all those fans who are just watching outside the stadium and they lost and they're just crushed. And yeah. Yeah, the, I'd say the Maple Leafs. The Knicks and the Indians are bad, dude. It's like yeah, the Indi- yeah, like Cleveland, just the Browns. Yeah, the Browns are yeah, right there. And to get that, and to get that close too, oh, and they then right it. there. So yeah. I don't know. I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't want to buy too much into it until July fifth or sixth happens mm-hmm. and all the dust settles, and then we'll see where. Would we're you at, rather? So. This is a crazy concept. Would you rather? I've gotten some trouble in some would you rather games. It's not one of these, though. You're good. Yeah, we wouldn't do that on I the. Told air. you, I feel like I'm back in my college dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> would you almost rather them just secure Zion? Yes. Then KD yes. or yep. Kyrie. I just want the whole Zion experience. Okay. Whatever that means, I'm just I'm there for it. His name is Zion. He's he's coming from the heavens to save the savior, save oh. the city. It's just so it's just destiny. I he just like don't want to. He's like the prince that was promised. I mean, you very rarely, and it's a big reason why I'll always love LeBron James. Is you rarely see a player in sports where they go, this guy is going to be that. And then and they're they like are. more than that. And they're more than that. <laughs> yeah. Never. You never see that. And there's so many great dudes who we love um, over the years who no, were like, ah, oh, this is the guy. And it's just not. Wiggins. I mean, this guy could he could never <laughs> I knew Wiggins the... wasn't it when he wore that suit on draft day. You can learn a lot Terrible. draft day. So <laughs> you could learn when a lot. he wore that suit, I was like, oh, no, his career is going to Zion hasn't even stepped on the court and he's already a multimillionaire. Yeah. That's crazy. But That's, I, where's the shoe, the exploding shoe, the Obama shoe? Where's that Paul George exploded shoe? Right, I wonder where that's going to end up. That's Someone's going to buy cool that home. for like thirty grand or forty. <laughs> Someone just bought a Babe Ruth jersey for like one point five. My uh, my uncle George, who passed away a few years back, he was the uh, one of the largest private collectors of memorabilia. Yeah, and he had everything from like Wilt Chamberlain's Harlem Globetrotters jerseys to uh, Lou Gehrig's jersey that he wore on the day he made his speech. Today. No way, he, he had that. Yeah, he had all his crazy stuff and. Um, yeah, I remember the story of Reggie Jackson was at my uncle's house and he like put on the jerseys from Lou Gehrig. He was like, oh my God, these guys were so small. Like I, and he was like, oh, Lou Gehrig was sick for a long time and yeah. didn't tell anyone. You yeah. know, That could never happen today in sports. If somebody had, a, had like an illness like that and they – I mean magic. Magic. Right away. And yeah, and, but you know, I haven't – just to think of the differences in the generations and, and yeah, I don't know. It's super cool. I love hearing stories like that. That's awesome. My aunt's got like a pair of like signed, you know, Walt Frazier shoes. They're Alligators, gonna, some Gators. I don't know what they are. Remember the players, players ball? They're going to be mine someday, apparently. So Walt Clive Frazier has a wonderful restaurant on, I think, 11th Avenue and like 36th Street. So it's kind of near the garden, but not really. And they do tableside guacamole and they have like duck quesadillas and Caesar salads and Walt's uh, wine and dine. So you shout out to me, Walt Clyde. You had me a duck quesadilla. There you go. <laughs> that's, like the most, that's like the most me thing I'll ever order on a menu <laughs> in the history of the world. We'll move on to second yeah, yeah. down. Kick it with basketball still. In a world, I'm assuming you think the Golden State Warriors are going to win the title. I do. Okay. 
in a world without the Golden State Warriors, who wins the NBA title? I mean, a, go- a world without the Golden State Warriors doesn't exist right now. I mean, who knows? Where does where does uh, those guys are those Kavon guys? Kevon Looney end up? Where does Jordan Bell end up? Do they do they they're sign Clay? Off. Do they where's KD go? Does all fall? I mean, look, I think what's so great about the game is how fluid it is and. It's like at the purest level when you're playing pickup in the park. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play a couple games with your buddies, you win three, and then someone's got to go and somebody else picks up. And then maybe you lose a game and that team wins. And it's kind of – it's very fluid at that basic yeah. grassroots level. Yeah. College is like that with one and dones, right? And guys, you know, leaving after two years. or And I think that's what's so cool about it. I love seeing – like rookies, like a, a photo of uh, a. I mean, I don't think they really had any old guys in the team this year, but a, a rookie in their first year with like an aging veteran, right? Trey mm-hmm. Young and Vince Carter. That's really cool. They're going to pass the baton in their careers, and Trey's yeah. going to play another fifteen, and then he's going to have his DNA. So it's like always a rotating door Jordan like Luka, that. So if if Golden State doesn't, you know, exist as we know it after this year. The whole NBA will change. Like, who knows? That's I'm, what's so dope. It's like that. It, I love that. I but I'm saying, like, he's right throwing now, you a, a, a hypothetical. They're not. Right? There's this team sits. They're out. out. I mean, who's like the next team up? Who's like Houston, second place? You know, Houston. It, it feels like they're falling in line historically with the trends of the NBA, where teams would knock on the door and get close and couldn't get over the hump. Utah like, Jazz. The Pistons couldn't get past the Lakers, and then they finally did. And the Bulls couldn't get past the Pistons, and they finally did. And to get over that hump and. They were so close last year. They just play so weird, dude. Like, Harden shot 1,100 threes this year. No, I mean, it's like, it's, <laughs> it seems bananas. to be like, it's like a money ball approach to, in my mind, where it's just like, if we can make the most threes, we can score the most points in right. the game. Right. And like, that is the thing that I don't So really... contingent upon everyone shooting well. So I guess them, I mean, I really love your Celtics, dude. Like, Gordon Hayward's awesome. My wife's from Utah, so I love watching him play there. And I think with him healthy, regardless if he gives you guys 25, even him getting. 14, 15 hits some big dope. shots. I'm telling like, you, if his magic number is 18. If he hits 18, yo, we're, Gordo's in, we're awesome, in any man. game, dude. He's no, the, the, Celtics, the Celtics are great. So those, those are probably the two, if I guess the Warriors don't exist. But why would we do that? Would you, would you buy Damian Lillard at all? After? Hell yeah. Dude, that was amazing. That was, that was one of those where I'm like, all right, how do I explain this to my wife? Like, How does she fully get just how awesome that was i think she got it i showed her a couple times and an odd story my godmother's brother is the cameraman for the blazers shout out to john curry who got the shot of dame like smiling while everyone's looking into the camera yeah the The most memeable moment yes exactly so that's my my godmother's brother john curry who's a blazers camera dude that's awesome i just i'm trying to think like as good (laughs) as james harden is there's no player i've seen at least in recent history as like Sorry, Kevin Durant left to go play for the Warriors. He, he kind of had this, but that meant that killer, that murderous mentality, the mentality that kind of left the NBA when Kobe Bryant. I mean, Giannis has it. You know, Giannis definitely has it. I think Jimmy has it. I don't know if he always knows what to do with it. He's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's I think guy. KD definitely has it. Yeah. Um, you saw KD the other night, uh, the, the revenge game against Patrick Beverly, game three or whatever. And he missed a free throw and was screaming at himself. He even played out of his face that night. He played that, amazing. Yeah. He's just so wrapped up in it his whole life and identity. I love that. And yeah, I mean, look, they've all won the game of life for the most part. A yeah. lot of them have, right? The yeah. game of life in the grand scheme of things. Yep. So it's just gravy. You know, now it's just you take it up a notch. And I just thought the way that Dame went about it that series, he's got that killer mentality. I sure. just, yeah. I just like, I don't want, I mean, an amazing shot, but I don't want like that shot to overshadow the rest of his body of work. It was a 47 he, points he put in before that. He <laughs> hit that exact same shot. Like yeah. two quarters before. That's insane. He's four for six from 30 plus feet. 
over the entire what if, series. What if he misses like, that, though? Are you like, all right, good possession. You dribbled it down and jacked the 38-footer. Like, I don't yeah, know. I mean, did you hear Paul George was like, that's a bad shot? And in my mind, it's like, if a guy scored 47, you don't let him touch the ball. Yeah, you know, that was, really. he's that was like, crazy. He's, I'm smothering him. Dude. Like, And it was interesting because my, my dad had – Text me, goes, you know that he planned to do that, right? <laughs> I go, I go, and I sat there, and like before I said no, no I sat, I go, oh my god, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, that was wild. He knew he could hit from anywhere. He was you, like, as long as I'm the downside in- is that of that though is now is that every like ten year old this weekend is going to oh. be doing that in their fifth grade basketball league, and they're just going to be oh yeah, right. shit, no, it's it I mean it's the Steph, <laughs> it's the Steph Curry effect. Shooting if you go to a basketball yeah, camp or something like that, every kid wants to hit the the. Yeah. The fadeaway jumper, yeah. you know, the a, step back three. I was a coach this summer at Kenny Smith's uh, camp at North, University of North Carolina. Shout out to Jet. And uh, I had one rule on my team. I said, you can shoot your 25-footers. You can shoot your 35s. If you want to play in the game tomorrow, you just got to take a shower today. Because these kids are out here playing like three or four games. They're just not, <laughs> not showering. I get it. You're on the road. You're like 12. You're in the dorms. You're yeah. scared. You gotta play tomorrow. You gotta shower. You gotta today. shower. We built a culture. We lost in the championship game, but that's hilarious. But you guys smelled great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old the old spicers, the, the young spicers are stepping on the you know, court. You want to play tomorrow? You gotta shower today. Awesome. <laughs> we go to the third down right here, kind of moving away from the NBA. How's it been maintaining your family legacy in journalism while carving out your own legacy? I know my family would be very proud that I'm on the show right now. My grandfather is no longer with us would be so excited that I'm hanging out in a dorm room in West Hollywood with a bunch of dudes. (laughs) But I I genuinely mean that because because what my grandfather kind of created with the lion's den and my father continued is that – storytelling is what kind of connects humanity on, a, on some level, right? Mm-hmm. And the arts and people who have something to say and are interesting. And you guys yeah. have built this show here in your, in your, in your place and you're, and you're doing it with believe. And he would have loved the fact that I was able to, through technology, which he didn't have access to. He rented a typewriter, mm-hmm. like the way he communicated, well, rented a typewriter, right? Communicated. He would have been amazed that we're able to do that kind of stuff. So I think it's super cool. Yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, his family comes from. Your dad's a major movie critic, major. He's yeah, my dad. Has, and the line he's seen like ten, dad. twenty thousand movies or something like that. That's yeah. crazy. That's so it's much time. Wild. And just certain actors, all three of us have interviewed. And yeah, he's been he's been at it for a while. He's like I said, he's seventy four, and all he wants to do is still see stuff and review stuff. Did he want you to go into, it or did you want to go into it? How did that go down? I remember he played in a charity softball game with uh, Ed Burns, and it was right after I saw Saving Private Ryan. I was like 12, 13 years old. And Eddie Burns. I just remember Fucking seeing man. the movie and then sitting in the dugout and just grilling him and asking all these questions about how they made the movie and all this stuff. And he probably was so pissed. And uh, but I just love that feeling of see a movie. Talk to the people who made the movie at a basic level. And I still do. Like, I think it's really cool. And you, especially here in LA, when even if you're not even doing it for your work, like if you just go to the Arclight on a Friday night and want to see Beach Bum, you can raise your hand and ask Carmody Corinne or Matt McConaughey a question. Like, I think it's so, such a great exchange of that ideas with cool art. Thing, so yeah. that's at the core of what I've always loved doing. And now getting to do that in sports, you watch the game and then talk to the dudes who play in it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think sweet. like when everyone watches, you know, either a movie or, the, or they they go to a sporting event or whatever. And then afterwards they're talking with their friends and speculating like what those individuals were doing in that moment. But to be able to actually talk to them and get their perspective behind it is really, it's really cool. Yeah. And, and, and I understand now from, from covering it to the extent that I have of how hard it is to actually make something, let alone make something good. Yeah. So that's something to answer your question about family legacy. My grandfather always understood about artists and creatives and 
supporting them in a, in, an in a way that they feel safe to fail. Like I want to see Shia LaBeouf do some wild shit and put it out there. And if it's great, awesome. And if it's not, I want him to have the support and courage to try something else. Right. Mm, so yeah. my dad's the same way in that, in that you never shit on somebody else's work. You understand that maybe you didn't appreciate it or you didn't like it or it didn't connect with you, but that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to be an exchange of ideas. So trying to keep that kind of value in, in this crazy new media world of social media and Instagram and all this weird shit we deal with now. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, their path has been infinitely different than yours because oh there's God. been a multitude of things thrown your way, technology, social media, yeah. and everything you do can be seen. And has it, were you always going to carry the lines then tradition on? I mean, is that because I think I think that's super cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, it. it's it's really cool. Like I really appreciate that you that you recognize how special it is because my my grandfather's column for forty years, six days a week was our family at the time, sort of key to the world. They got to travel. They got to meet all these amazing people from from you know art and culture and literature and sports, and it really kind of inspired my father and his three brothers to be cultured and to go out there and see the world and meet new people. I'm, so I remember as a kid, my parents would always have not just famous people around the house, but just really interesting people, right? People who are leaders of the, whatever industry that they were involved with. And I always loved that kind of collection of ideas. So now the challenge is, you know, where people have access to creating their own stories so much easier, right? And making a name for themselves and really kind of understanding what that represents and why you're following somebody and yeah. think about what that means and why you're following someone, you're influencing somebody. What are they actually influencing? So everyone who my grandfather co like covered in the column was a person, like was doing something, you know, and, and had, had receipts and was creating art yeah. and moving culture. And so I try to, that's how I, I try to gauge what I'm interested and passionate about in today's world. Like who would he cover? Who would make the column? Who would he think is interesting or doing something cool? That's that's great. I mean, we listened to um, the Jamie Lynn Siegler one you podcast you had too. Jamie's and, awesome. She's and that, but you were just inspired. I thought the coolest thing. I think it was a great show. But the coolest part about that one was you were inspired, and then you bring them in. So yeah. is that kind of how it goes for you, or you whatever you're feeling? You, then you reach out to those people and try to make that move. So my grandfather would at night, six days a week, go to a bunch of Broadway plays, events, nightclubs. You know, this is back in 1955, 1960. People weren't sitting at home on Netflix and on Instagram. Right? Yeah, they were out in New right. York. So he would go out and he'd see who was at a table and who was hanging out and what they were working on. And he'd talk to an artist and find out about their new exhibit or a new movie they had just signed on. And he was kind of the eyes and ears for the rest of society to learn about what was happening, right? And get these real kind of cool anecdotes. So now I don't have to go to the Stork Club in Copacabana and 21 <laughs> and Tit Shores and Sardis to find out and PJ Clark's and yeah. all these legendary spots to find out what everyone's doing. Right. You just got to have your finger on the pulse. So whether it's going to film festivals or sporting events or being on social in a certain way or just, you know, watching cool shit. Like, yeah, I just, whatever I think is going on in the culture, I try to use my platforms to shine a light on it. And that's kind of the same, yeah. same thought process that he had. But I think the really cool thing is that like the access is so much, so much greater now with social media and technology. But like the intimate moments, the personal like across face to face moments that you were inspired to do and to seek out are like really where the the great you know conversations come from, where you actually get the depth and like profundity like from these individuals that we're praising. You know, when we're little kids and it humanizes them, it's really great. It's really cool. Thanks, man. No, it's it's. I think it's um. 
I think it's such, like I said, such a, a courageous thing to do is to put yourself out there in any way. What you guys are doing with your podcast, what Jamie's doing with hers or her shows over the years or acting or just to put yourself out there, especially yeah. nowadays where like you can get ripped apart and see that criticism and feel it right in front of you, right? So anybody who's got the, 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 you know, the courage to go out there and try to create and put it out there, I'm like all for it. Mm -hmm. that's the cool thing about the players tribune that i really like is that a lot of people don't get to hear these stories about the other side of sports uh, yeah. for the athletes for to come sure. out and you know for sure i remember I mean, there's so many ones from from the early like launch of that that i remember i mean god like a guy like chris middleton who before he was an all-star really kind of talked about player you know he was from a town in charlottesville that was, de uh, was in um in south carolina that was devastated by a church shooting and he talked about it and 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 what it meant to the community and that's just like something that you would never hear, and nor is it appropriate for a post-game interview. Or, hey, oh, you just hit the big right. three-pointer. Talk about your life and your community. But to hear that now, I connect yeah. with him and watch him play. But the next time someone says Chris Middleton's a really hard worker, you get like some background on why maybe he is that way. Absolutely, it just I, and that's how I like when I sit down with Mariah, when I sit with my wife, and I can go through the athletes and be like, this guy's doing this or this guy's passionate about that. And the Tribune has been able to to help me do that. That's what I think is really cool about it. Yeah, I mean, those are the best parts about. I mean, those are the best parts about our interviews. We talk about it every, whenever, like the guest leaves the show. Are you guys gonna talk about me when I leave? Hundred percent, dude. Oh, you know, we're gonna talk. <laughs> this is a college so dorm room, dude. Up. We're just yeah, gonna sit right. here, just... smoke a bowl, and talk shit. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the, my uh, Kawhi laugh. Yeah, uh, but like the best part about like, the Nate Boyer interview was we talked about like football, but then talking to him about what he's doing, emerging vets and players, and talking to him about his experience. Like he literally just opened up about being in war and trying to get back for the season. Ryan Leaf opening up about like the darkest times in his comeback. Philip Bobo talking about entering like the draft too early and knowing it was a mistake. Like those are like you don't like listen, I think yeah, hearing about a, you or your family's legacy is the coolest part yeah, of I mean thing. to sit me at the table with some of those dudes, I really appreciate that. But yeah, I think it's um uh I think sports are so much deeper than just the X's and O's and who won and lost, right? I mean, yeah. you really it all kind of blends together as you get older. So trying to find those human stories, those stories that transcend sports and can inspire people, I think is really where it's at. I have a cool Popovich one that I gotta send you. I don't know if you've heard it's about what, him and wine. Yeah, I saw that. You that saw was that? amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. I gotta, I'm, I'm trying to get on my Popovich wine flow as I get older. You know, <laughs> Napa Napa in August to think about the upcoming season sounds really nice. It's unbelievable. We'll close out a couple of really quick things. Favorite sports memory. You, you playing, watching, just your favorite sports memories. We close out with every guest. My most recent one, there's been so many over the years, but I, I mean, my favorite sports memory is seeing my dad when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 and the monkey just fly off his back and him just cry and our whole family cry. And that was amazing. But in terms of just recently, I went to the women's soccer game here in LA and the US beat up on Belgium, 6 nothing. And I had front row seats on the 18-yard line right on the box. And Alex Morgan scored a goal in the second half that unfolded right in front of me. I got goosebumps. It was I wasn't on my phone. I was just locked in. It is forever cemented in my brain. I was like, that's awesome. She is the GOAT for the, all those girls. And like that was super dope recently. To see the icons sick, like yeah. play in front of you. The best. A play uh, moments are amazing and like results are fantastic. But like the play, like I was there for Wilmer Flores's walk off home run against like the Nationals, uh -huh. like the middle of the season, like right after he's supposed to get traded, he stays like the Wilmer Flores night. Yeah, and like you never. No, I, I, I went to Clayton Kershaw's no hitter. I saw Adrian Gonzalez hit a home run in his first at bat for the Dodgers. I saw Juan Uribe hit a home run to beat the Braves in a playoff series. Um, some of those definitely stand out Just in recent years. Yeah, like 
Good, a lot of good Dodger memories as of late. That's awesome. And then Toss always closed out with a quick two-minute drill. Rapid fire. Let's you do can, it. You can right. expand Word. or yes or no Let's questions. All right. I'll, be, I'll be rapid. All right. We're going to jump right in. If the Knicks have the second overall pick. R.J. Barrett. Great. Favorite, Is that rapid enough? Favorite oh, yeah. sports movie. Um, above the rim. It's not, but I just that's what came out of my mouth. <laughs> Favorite non-sports movie. Google Hunting. Okay. If you were in a Harry Potter sorting house, which one would you be in? Um, I would be, which one's Felton in? Which one's Draco in? Slytherin. 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 <laughs> that's it. I'm in the Slytherin house. Okay. Favorite actor or actress? Tom Felton. <laughs> <laughs> MJ or LeBron? I'm MJ. I used to be LeBron, but now it's MJ. Nice. Go-to karaoke song? Used to be R. Kelly, but now it's Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Parad- Paradise City? Um, November 8th. Okay. Favorite restaurant in LA? Wexler's Deli. Best pastrami in the city. Guilty pleasure TV show. I don't feel guilty about my love of 90210. I don't feel guilty about it. That's good. You so shouldn't. that will not be the answer. <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, CNN. <laughs> that's 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 one that's what I feel, feel guilty, guilty about, about watching. Uh, most memorable interview. Anytime I get to talk to Shia, they all stand out. They're all the best. If you have, if you could pick one celebrity to be a presidential candidate, who would it be? The Rock. Who's his running mate? <laughs> um, Beto. <laughs> the Rock and Beto. Let's keep it awesome. We were, we were, we were Texas. I was, I was so close. That's great. Though. I'll take it. I'm a big proponent. Because I think actually The Rock could win and then Beto could do all the work. That would be, <laughs> I'm a proponent of The Rock and John Cena. That's like my that's my right-in. They're not getting anything done. Cena has a very inspiring video where he talks about – he's like walking down Main Street, USA, and he's just talking about our country coming together. You should check it out. It's he's really grown cool. the hair out. It looks a lot he's more a, politician He's hilarious in blockers too. He's great. I love John Cena. Favorite Nick of all time. Chris Childs because he punched Kobe in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Last nah, one. Carmelo. Come on. Carmelo. <laughs> Last one. What's one thing you could beat Derek Jeter at? Golf. I could definitely beat Derek Jeter in golf. Nice. Yeah. What do you shoot? Yep. Yep. I'm a six right now. Got in a car accident a while back, so I've been playing for a minute, but I'm a six. You're a good golfer. Yeah, I got like 6 a.m. Jeter's got you know baseball in the Tribune of and course. kid and the whole thing. I'm going to 6 a.m. three days a week, so – Maybe he is too. That's why the Marlins are doing what they're doing. <laughs> no man's land trading the best baseball player in the last three years. Oh, come on. For nonsense. Um, ben, amazing show. Yo, congratulations, guys, so on the podcast. I appreciate you letting me uh, come on and just put some good energy out to the universe. Maybe meditate on it, take a moment, and just envision what it would feel like to have Zion Williamson in the world's most famous arena. If you do it today, I would really appreciate that. Of course, man. We'll meditate for you because I got to root for the Knicks a little bit because of my dad. So I'll give you that no, meditation. No, no, no. Thanks so much, guys, for having me on the show. Anytime, man. The fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they free. We out you. We love you. You guys are awesome. Let's go. Let's go. Puts it up. It's Lord. He got the shot off. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Anything's possible. Anything's possible.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.